in the name of there's healing in the name of there's salvation in the name of the Bible says that demons tremble at the sound of that name Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Ntefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Ntefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now... Here's today's message. Amen. Wow. Is it not amazing that very, very pretty soon one year has come again? Why don't you clap your hands for the Lord for that? It looks like it looks like just a few days, a few weeks since we gathered here last year, but it's been a year, and by the grace of God, we have the opportunity to be here again. I want to welcome all of you to Church Growth Conference 2016. And I want to thank you for coming. Uh, especially those of you who have been coming over the years. It's a blessing. Like uh, Reverend Atu was saying, it's becoming a church good family already. Amen. And uh, when you are part of a family, there are some benefits that uh, you enjoy. I remember a couple of years ago, we I uh, went for the church group conference in Korea. Um, Dr. Cho's um, conference. And he said something. He said that there is uh, a contractor in South Korea that builds churches. And after some years of building, the man came to him and asked him a question. He said, Dr. Cho, I've made an observation and I need an explanation. He said, as I've been going around Korea building churches, when I have to build large church buildings, the largest ones, they all tend to be your churches. They all tend to be your churches. So how come and Dr. Cho explained that in Korea, there are two types of bamboo trees. There are small bamboo trees and then there are large bamboo trees. And Dr. Cho explained that when you go to uh, a field where there are small bamboo trees, you cannot find even one large bamboo tree. They are all small bamboo trees. All of them. And then if you go to a place where there are large bamboo trees, 
You can also not find one small bamboo tree. They are all large bamboo trees. So what you are saying is that you either belong to a small bamboo tree family or a large bamboo tree family. And so he explained to the contractor that the anointing on his life, Dr. Cho, is a large bamboo tree anointing. And therefore, his children that go out of him, they cannot become small bamboo. They necessary, whether they like it or not, they necessary have to become big bamboo tree. Because that is a family that they belong to. Amen. And so he said that all his pastors and himself belong to big bamboo tree. And you know, Dr. Cho, sometimes when he's starting a branch, he will give his branch pastor 5,000 people and then $2 million to start their branch. Now that day, as he was speaking there, he prophesied that all of us who were sitting in the conference that day, he has grafted us into the big bamboo tree family. And so I want to prophesy into your life. I want to prophesy into your life. I don't know which family of churches you have come from, but you have joined a big bamboo tree family of churches. Give the Lord a shout. Amen. You have joined a big bamboo tree family. Amen. Please be seated. And so, I am very excited that you have been coming. This is the seventh year. This is the seventh year. Uh, about seven years ago, I held this conference. It's actually a convention right here in this cathedral. I just felt that, you know, as a bishop that oversees hundreds of churches in Lighthouse, I should uh, encourage my pastors to grow large churches. So it was just my pastor. So the first three years, we call it the March Fruit and Church Explosion Convention. It was a convention, you know, and uh, we started. But as the years went by, the Lord now spoke to my heart that, you know, it was very important for me to enlarge the vision and to share this message with my other uh, co-laborers in the vineyard of the Lord, especially those of us with small, small, small churches in some corners. Look, if you have tried to grow a church before, nobody will tell you that it's not easy to grow a church. Amen. I always tell my students that when you are passing by and you see a pastor with 20 people in his church, amen, if you are passing by and you see a pastor who has 15 people, 20 people, 
gathered and he's pastoring them. I tell my, 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 my students, enter that church, greet the pastor, salute him, take an offering, give to him, and then go. Because I tell you, it is not easy to grow a church. If you don't know that, it's because we have just come. <laughs> hey! To move the church from five people to ten people. And also, you know, with experience, you realize that there are levels that you cross. One of the levels is 50 people. To get to 50 people, you can be there for three years. You go, uh, then you get to 48. Then it drops to 36. Uh, then, but you see, God is very gracious. He encourages us. So then you move to 56. So it's like we have crossed there. 50. Do you understand it? Then some rain, some three weeks of rain comes. Eh? It's open. Some rain comes and then from your 56 you drop to 24. But these days, you know the type of Christians that we have. We don't know whether they are salty Christians. We don't know. Even, even, it doesn't have to rain. The weather has to just change a little. And then, that is it. Another level is 100 people. To get to 100, you can be there for a long time. Then 150. When you get to, you have to get to 150. I remember several years ago when I was pastoring our church uh, at Sakumano. That's a church that uh, Prophet Kakra is pastoring now. I started that church. I was there for seven years. Look, we got to 150. And how to cross the 150. And then, around that time, we got a piece of land. You see, I'm trying to explain to you why we are here. Because you must understand why you are here. And what is going to happen to you. Because something is going to happen to you. Something very powerful is going to happen to you. Amen? When we got to 150, then we bought a piece of land and started building. So we did a foundation and we decided to move. So I moved the church from about two miles away into this place, which Bishop Saki described as the middle of nowhere. Yeah? I mean, for those of you who know where the uh, Prophet Kakra's church is, now you have a lot of churches surrounding it, Christ's embassy and all that. All that place was bush. It was bush. And we just went there. 
Now, when we went under much excitement, we walked. We had brass band music. We had a banner, everything. When we went, the church dropped over the next couple of months from the 150 to about 100 and something below 100. Yeah? Because the church members, it's like, it's too far. And I went, what type of place have you brought us? I became like Moses trying to take the, the children of Israel to the wilderness. Yeah. So to get to 150, ask for 200, dear child. Then 300. Then 500. Then 1,000. Eh? God has blessed us over these couple of years, you know, to fill this cathedral with thousands of people several times, you know, over. But I remember trying to fill this cathedral with 1,000 people. Hey! We will go on to 850. They had to drop 600 and something. Hey! Now, let me give you your prophetic blessing. Amen. But um, we are happy that this year for the first time we have opened the conference in the morning. Clap your hands for the Lord. For the past um, for the past um, um, several years the conference has always started in the evening but this year we felt that we would you know lengthen it in terms of uh, the sessions by starting in the morning because some of you come from very far so that you can really be blessed by Friday before uh, you leave and then also regarding um, some of the things that uh, Reverend to say please make sure that you register, especially uh, the pastors and your workers. And I want to emphasize that don't attend this conference alone as a pastor. Do, do you understand it? Because you are coming for a vision and impartation. So now, the things that you come to hear at this conference, if you hear them alone, the Bible said that how can two work together except they be agreed? So how can your people agree to what you are saying, the new concept, the new strategies, if they are not here. Alright? And that is why the conference is free. You don't need to pay a- anything. Amen. Amen. How many of you realize it is free? Alright? We, we have never asked uh, for anything. There's a year that I'm going to ask you to bless this conference, and that is the 10th year anniversary of the Church Go Conference. Yeah. I'm going to... Uh, you know, all right. I'm going to uh, ask. I'm going to ask Bishop Holt, please. All right. 
I'm going to ask um, you on the 10th anniversary to bless the conference. So you yourself, you know, Bishop Interfo is 10 years. You know, we have been blessed all these 10 years. I want to help the conference. So that is it. So we have another about three years ahead. God willing. Make sure that you don't go to heaven. Wait. Amen. Bishop Mold, you are welcome. Good to see you. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, so, so, so it's a blessing for us to be able to start this year. Maybe it's because Bishop Mold was coming. Bishop Mold, you have just come this year, and this year is the first time we are starting in the morning. So you have, you have brought an amount. We also have Bishop Jamba here, please. Bishop Sami Opare. All from action. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm sure we'll have uh, a good time to uh, acknowledge some of you. But take note of the food. There's a food court. So the Bible school hostel to my left. And there's a big you know, modern hall. So we have screened some food vendors to sell food. There are tables, chairs, well laid. So you can actually sit there you know, and eat comfortably. All right. Now that food is food that grows. The church growth and mountain is on it. When you buy a little, no, that's it. So if you made the mistake of going to buy other foods around, I mean, I don't know, but that one is anointed. This whole environment is charged with the church growth anointing. Hallelujah. Amen. Then the timing. For those of you who have been coming, you realize that we have changed the, the timing. You know, uh, this year I saw my father doing something very powerful uh, at the Give Thyself a Holy Conference. And I said, why not? Why not? Jesus said, I do what he said. The son can of his own do nothing except that which is here, the father, the father do it. So when I saw it, I said the same thing. So this year, we are starting from 8.30 in the morning to 2. And then we have a two-hour break between 2 to 4. All right? Where you can hang around, eat around, buy books, materials. As you can see, there are so many uh, things here that you must acquire. And then we restart at 4 and end at 7. So that we can all go home. In fact, you can even go for your evening service. You can go for your convention. You can go for your crusade. Whatever you want to do. Do you understand it? And then you come back in the morning. Is it powerful? Then also this year, we are providing buses to Circle, to Asherman, to Kaswa. Based on you know, the numbers that we can see, we like to help after the conference to help you to go back to some of these uh, places. And then we are also providing limited free accommodation uh, because um, some of you come from outside Accra or even in Accra from very far places. So if you want a place to stay during the period of the conference, please see as, as we are registering, ask around, and uh, it's all a package to bless you. This whole conference is to bless us as we do 
the work of God. Clap your hands for the Lord. Amen. So, we are very happy to be here. And uh, I really want to thank God for the life of my father in ministry. The presiding bishop of the Lighthouse Chapel International. Bishop that God must stand to your feet and clap your hands. Great man of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I really, you know, um, thank God for the life of the bishop. Look, can you imagine that uh, for a little over a decade now, I'll be in full-time ministry. I was trained as a doctor and I practiced medicine for many, many years. And I, I didn't think that I was called into ministry. No, I didn't think, please, please be seated. I didn't think that I was called into ministry. By the grace of God, since the Lord saved me, um, I've always sort of, you know, liked helping in church, evangelizing, leading groups, and all that. But as to coming into ministry, it was not part of my imagination. I remember as a medical student, I used to spend a lot of my holidays in England. And there was a little church in London that I used to help them. And uh, on different occasions, the pastor looked at me and said, Brother Emmanuel, I think that you're going to be a pastor. But I never felt uh, so. So, being in this church, I remember the bishop calling me one day and said, listen, you are called you are called. And we are going to train you and appoint you as a pastor. And, and, and I was surprised. And I was surprised. So, it has taken you know, an older prophet. Amen. It has taken an older prophet, you know, an older prophet to come into my life and to see you know, the call of God. And the bishop has trained me um, I've had the privilege of sitting at his feet all over these years. You know, all the messages I know are his message that I've listened to. Uh, the books that I've read in Christian ministry, more than 95% are his books. The anointing that I, I carry is part of the anointing that is on his life. And he has really, really encouraged me. I remember when I started this uh, uh, conference. You know, he said, look, this is a good thing. Encourage the pastors to grow the churches. And last year, he was here. Even this year, he was going to come, but, you know, this particular week, as we are preaching, he's also uh, somewhere uh, preaching. And he said, it takes a father to encourage a son. Now, those of you who are not clapping, it's a sign. Amen? One of the things that as a senior pastor or a pastor of your church, you should learn to do 
is to train and raise up sons and daughters. Yeah. Do you understand it? But many of you, you are afraid because people have broken your heart. People have disappointed you. A lot of people have become orangus. You know, but uh, raising up children is also like planting seeds. When you plant seeds, not all the seeds will be proper and come up well. But some will come up. Hallelujah. So be encouraged. So on this uh, day, when we are starting this conference, I really, really want to say thank you to my father in the ministry, <laughs> Bishop Dad Ward Mills. Who has encouraged me and uh, helped me to be able to do this. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 19. This is your prophetic. This is your prophetic blessing for this conference. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Huh? And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them. And I will multiply them. Welcome to the days of your multiplication. You, you didn't hear me. I said, Welcome to the days and the years of multiplication. Amen. Now, for the church to grow, for the church to grow, okay, there must be multiplication. Supernatural church growth is seen through multiplication. You see, because when you are in the church, you can grow 50. Then after six months, 52. After eight months, 57. How long are you going to live? Are you getting that? But when we talk about supernatural church growth, church growth that is powered by God, orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. One of the things that we see is that the church just begins to multiply. Receive that grace in the name of Jesus. That is going to be your story. And take note. Take note. How does the multiplication happen? He said, I will. It's God that does it. It's God that does it. No pastor here can grow a church. No. No. No pastor here. If I tell you that I can look, me myself, the way I'm struggling. That's a, and, and I'm not and I'm not teaching you on church growth because I'm an expert on church growth. No. That's a, we are we are having fellowship. We are having fellowship. One of us has to share a little. So so I have taken up the initiative to share. That's all. 
There is nobody. Dr. Cho says, please sit down. He started his church in 1958 with five people. With five people. Yeah. After three years, 61, he had, three, he had 300 people. He had 300 people. And then by 73, he had 3,000 people. They said the church just stopped growing. So that was after about nine years. It stopped growing. He said he used to fast. He used to fast. I mean, he used to move around and all that. And the church was not growing. Until one day, the Lord spoke to him. And the Lord told him. Because he was saying that, look, Am I going to pastor 3,000 people for the rest of my life? Because the church was not growing. So one time, he had a prayer meeting in his church. And uh, after, you know, the service was over, he was, I think, lying down on the platform. Then he had a trance. And in it, he had a vision. And in it, the Lord asked him, Now, when my children wanted the quails in the desert, if I'd asked them to go picking the quails one after the other, do you think that they would have had enough? And number two, how long do you think it would have taken? For between 2.5 to 3 million you know, people to be fed, and Dr. Cho said in the vision, he told the Lord, it would take a long time. Then the Lord told him, when I send the wind of my spirit to blow the quails, how long did it take? He said, immediately. Then the Lord told him, you cannot build a church. It is my spirit that builds a church. Amen. Amen. I'm believing God will have the opportunity to teach you about the Holy Spirit and church growth. Eh? <laughs> Amen. So, listen. He said, I will multiply. Now, now, if you understand it that way, if you understand it that way, then, even for a conference like this, we didn't need to write a letter of invitation to you. You, you, you yourself. After this conference, you say, look, Bishop, why are we not having another one next week? Because the reality is that unless God, Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. So the reason why we are here is because we are depending on the Lord heavily. Hey, you should hear me. You should hear me crying unto the Lord. You should hear me. I, t- I say, Lord, I beg you. I, I, I can't do it. 
I can't do it. I can't do it. There's an early morning service that we have uh, in this cathedral. Um, November of this year will be two years. And we start at 6.30. And most of the people in that service will bring them with buses. When you come here 6.30, 7 o'clock, there's nobody. There's a few people. But there's something amazing that I see. Because sometimes I sit in my car and I run about 7.15, 7.20 when the buses start to arrive. It is as if some people were somewhere do you see? And fire was put their tails or something. Yeah. Within a matter of 30 minutes, this category is full. Now, now, when I began to observe it, I realized that a man cannot do it. About two, three years ago, uh, two, three weeks ago, one of our bishops uh, came here, Bishop Obi. He stood there preaching at that service. He shook his head and said, for people, and it is also a lot of young people, for young people who have gone to the nightclub on other places Saturday night, to be sitting in church as early as 7, 7.30, hearing the word of God, you cannot say that you are doing anything. You see, that, that, is, that, is, that is one of the reasons why we are here. I want the Lord to help you to have that mentality that, look, you cannot go to church. You cannot go to church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6, Paul said, I have planted, Apollos has watered, but God gave the increase. God gave the increase. At this conference, God is going to show you that he is the one that can grow your church. Because look, if you don't need to tell me, I know you have tried. You don't need to tell me. How many of you have tried? Eh? How many of you have tried? Yeah. You have tried. You have fasted. 40 days. We were told that Jesus did it once. Ali, we don't know whether he did it again. You have done it three times. You have done it three times. And yet, nothing much is happening. And often it's because you are trying. You are trying. But you, 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 it's good to try. But I want you to get a deeper revelation. It's the Lord that grows his church. Yeah. So when you look at the scriptures, God keeps on saying it. Alright? Put back the scripture. He said, and I will multiply them. And they shall not be few. The days of the few members in your church have come to an end. No, 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 no. You, you don't believe it. I said the days of the few people in your church have come to an end. 
Some of you, you are even afraid to enter the church building. Because the way the thing is, you are not sure how many people will be there today. Many years ago, one of our pastors, he went to church and only one person came. Yeah. He preached to that one person, did the praise and worship, took the offering, everything, altar call, all that. He said that day, he realized that he was not called. <laughs> he realized that he was not called. Today, he's a mega church pastor. He's a mega church pastor. When God multiplies you, eh, you will not be few. I just saw, I just saw something in your church. I said, I just saw something in your church. I saw a sea of people in your church. I saw an overflowing crowd in your church. Lift up your voice and give the Lord a shout. your prophetic blessing for church growth conference look for all the some of you you have some appointments some even some of you have left your program you know and god has touched your heart to come here and you see you're coming here it is god that has brought you here it's god that has brought you here and god has brought you he said and i'll multiply them and they shall not be few. And they shall not be few. Believe it. That is why, that is why, that is why, this conference, I don't know whether one day the Lord will change it. He, he can, because it is his idea. But for now, I don't feel that he has changed it. The thing for this conference is church growth. It is possible. So at this conference, when I say church growth, I, I can't hear you. I say church growth. Church growth. Church growth. Church growth. It is possible. From today, there's something that I want you to do. Every time you enter your church, whisper it to yourself. Church growth. It is possible. In, in spite of what you see. In spite of what you see. In spite of what you see. Because I'm going to teach you at this conference that you have to see the growth before. You have to see the growth before you experience the growth. You have to see the growth before you experience the growth. Yeah. I have sat in this cathedral for long periods of time that the whole of the back was empty. Yeah, it was empty. In 2008, when we started this church, you know, in... Um, I think 2007, you are, you are all aware that this used to be the 
headquarters of Lighthouse. This place, you know, was the, the international headquarters of Lighthouse. This is where Bishop Dad, you know, was for 15 years or so. This is where all the stories about Lighthouse, the fights and the confusion. This, this place. The chair in which I sit, that is his chair. Yeah, this is Bishop Saki's chair. This is Bishop Adi's uh, chair. This is Aunt Mami's chair. Yeah. No, no, nothing, has, nothing has changed. In 2007, he moved the church from here to the Kodesh and closed down church operation here. So there was no church here. And then, December 2007, he moved you know, a branch, one of our branches here. About 250 people. So when we, we, we sit, you know, the first, the front uh, session, that was the whole church. And the bishop brought me here in 2008, April. So we are actually in our eighth year. This whole place was empty, the back. And I remember many times, I'll tell the church members, we should go and lay hands on the empty pews. And then this cathedral too is filled with pews. And the pews, as you can see, takes a lot of people. To fill one pew is not easy. But I tell you, with my eyes, my spiritual eyes, I saw the glory. I've been saying it for years. Today, it is not possible for us to gather in this cathedral. No. We don't do it. We can't. We fill this cathedral several times over. Yeah. And I'm saying that that thing it is not done by man. It is a special anointing. It's a special grace. It's a special power. And you are going to experience that power. You are, you are living here with it upon your life. It is God that does it. Amen. That's why God says, please sit down. In Psalm 2 and verse 8. Psalm 2 and verse 8. God says, ask of me. Ask of me. And I will give you the hidden for the inheritance. I. And the utmost part of the earth for that possession. I. God said, ask of me. Ask of me and I. Take note that everything about church growth is I, God, not you. It doesn't mean that you don't have to do your part because I, I, I'm also going to teach you about the human factors that, that helps with church growth. But ultimately, ultimately, the growth, the growth, Mr. Bernice, you're welcome. The growth Huh? It comes from God. Acts of me. Acts of me. If you understand what I'm talking to you about here, 
you will dedicate yourself to do the things that God wants you to do to let your church grow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Acts of me. Acts of me. Acts of me. And how? Church growth is orchestrated by God. It's orchestrated by God. And it is possible. Your church has grown. I didn't say your church is going to grow. I said your church has grown. Your church has grown. For the first time in your ministry, you are experiencing this. A pastor just sent, um, we have a a testimony um, corner there. All right, so please go there and then give your testimonies about what the Lord has been doing in your ministry since you have been coming uh, here. I can see my brother who last year, stand up, let's see you. Yeah. Are you blessed? Last year you were here telling us wonderful stories about what the Lord has done. This test has been forwarded to me. He said, my name is Reverend Andrew Adote Papo, Jr. of Heritage Baptist Church International. Last year, I attended Church Good Conference. I learned so much about vessels or the cells. I decided to practice fully all that Bishop Intefo taught to the glory of God. We have 36 cells in one year. And through the teachings of Bishop Dark Ward Mills, whom I've followed for a very, very long time, we have 12 branches. And more than 700 registered members of our church. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Last year, around the same time, we were just around 80 members. Now, you don't understand it. But that is going to be your story. I said said that is going to be... Church growth. It is possible. He came into the conference last year of 80 people. Now, say we have 700. He said last year around the same time, we're just about 80 members, including children. It would be a great joy if Bishop Interfo will visit our church this November to see all that God has done for us through the ministry of Bishop Dagwood Mills and the conference of Bishop Intef. Are you clapping your hands for the Lord? What can move a church from 80 people, including children, to 700 people in a year. How many of you understand the message now? You know, I feel that those of you who are here for the morning session, the Lord has blessed you. 
the revelation, Bishop, the revelation that we can't go to church. Look, this is one I want you to take from here. You can't go to church. I can bet my last dollar with you. And you see, some people try to use what Dr. Cho calls gimmicks. Money. Different things. The kingdom of God is not built by money or something. Paul said in Romans 1.16, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, to the Greek first and then to the Jew. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from grace to grace. As it is written, the just shall live by his grace. It is the power. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus Christ is the power that makes the church possible. Stop all the gimmicks. Last year, Bishop Ogo was here. I'm really missing Bishop Ogo. How many of you miss Bishop Ogo? Yeah. He's, 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 he's traveled with the bishop somewhere. But he was here. That's he a huge church at Adenta. And he was telling us how he started feeding people all kinds of things in trying to grow the church. He said it was not working. And one day the Lord told him, who, who, who told you? Who told you? All these things, who told you? Amen? Church growth, it is possible, but it is possible by God. Yeah. And if you understand it that way, you do and you seek, you search, you listen, you follow, you obey the things that the Lord will tell you, ask you, command you to do for him to build the church. Amen? Please sit down. Ezekiel 36, 37. Ezekiel 36, 37. Thus said the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of the house of Israel to do it for them. would increase them with men like a flock. Take notes. He said, I. It's good to see you. I. I. Would increase them. Many of you already have seen your mistake. How many of you have seen your mistake? Yeah. He said, I will yet for this be inquired of. Which means that the people were inquiring, pastors are inquiring of all different things. 
So now I'm going to be talking to you about the vision for church growth. Many pastors don't have a vision for church growth. They have a vision for driving the latest car. <laughs> and you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are in a rickety rented hall for 10 years, 15 years. And you are striving what you are asking God for in your 21 day fasting and prayer. The, the latest bands. If the Lord can give that to you. Or to travel abroad. Listen. Traveling abroad doesn't mean that you are a minister of the gospel. Ah, a lot of the people who travel abroad, they are not pastors. Boxers, footballers, and all that. But that's your aim. To sit in an aeroplane and go to preach in Hamburg in a church that has 20 people. Meanwhile, your friend is inviting you for a program at Kaswa. He has 700 people there. But because it's Kaswa, you have chosen the humble. You are asking for the wrong things. But look at, so as God is sitting there, say, my pastor's pa. You have been asking, bless me, give me car, do this. But he said, that said the Lord God, I will yet for this. There's one thing that I've been waiting for them to ask me for. And then also to do it for them. Which means that when we ask, he'll do it. What does that mean? He said, I will increase them with men like I've. God is waiting for you to ask him to increase you, to grow your church, to expand your church, to give you a lot of people. Eh? But you are asking for the wrong things. May you begin to ask for the right things. I said, may you begin to ask for the right things. Ask for the right book that will lead you to church growth. The right book. At this conference, I want every pastor here to get these three books. Even if you have them, get them again. Give them to a friend or somebody. Number one, church planting. Church planting. These are all books by Bishop Dad. Church planting. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that we'll be learning about church planting. But the confusion we have in the church today is that pastors don't know how to plant churches. They know how to steal other people's members. Ask your brother sitting by you that look. Are you the one that the bishop is talking about? I want to know, I want to know. The way you are sitting down here smiling. Yeah, church planting. So in this book, the bishop has broken down the strategies for church planting. Wow. 
Get it? So you can plant a church. You can use it to train your leaders to move into church planting. Can I have an amen? amen? We'll be talking about church planting. Then, the mega church. How to make your church grow. How many of you want your church to grow? How to make your church grow? And then church growth. It is possible. The point I'm trying to make is that God says, ask. And when you ask, he will lead you to certain books. He will lead you to certain men of God. He will lead you to certain messages. He will lead you to certain conferences. Do you understand it? That will bring you wisdom and anointing and power and show you what you must do to cause your church to grow. But pastors are not asking for that. You are asking for the latest shoe with alligator skin. now he's surrounded by 15 bodyguards somebody is holding your iPad you can't hold your iPad you have 35 people in your church for 7 years you have recruited 7 of them as your bodyguard and you cannot hold your own iPad you see I know 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 I can't think so far. Look. Pastors. Let me tell you something. Build a church. No, you take your time. To build a church. You see, when Lighthouse exploded in this church, a lot of people were surprised. And were actually shocked. Yeah. But you see, what you don't know is that for about 15 years or so, Bishop Dark sat in this cathedral quietly building the church. Quietly. Building the church. He didn't travel anywhere. Mostly around. Training shepherds. Training pastors. Sending us on our camp meetings to train us three days. By the time we come back from camp meetings, I mean we are ready to plant churches, plant cells, move into missions, different kinds of things. Paul said, this one thing I do. Some of you, instead of concentrating on building, you see, at this 
first session, I'm just fellowshipping with you. I'm just talking to you. I'm just talking to you. I'm just talking to you. Yeah. Instead of concentrating on building the church, we don't know whether you are a prophet, you are evangelist, apostle, whatever, vice God. With your chains and your moving, moving around. And you want your church to grow. That's why the church doesn't grow. Anything that you will work, you have to concentrate on it. You have to focus on it and press on it for a long time. Paul told Timothy, meditate on these things. Give thyself wholly unto them and thy profiting shall appear unto all. Give thyself holy. 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 When Jesus Christ came, anytime he saw Jesus, he was doing one of three things preaching, teaching, and healing. Now you read the scriptures. Read the scriptures. Huh? I don't remember the last time Bishop um, Jesus went to Egypt for some itinerary three months, you know, hopping from church to church, preaching, making himself a man of God. He was totally focused. He was totally focused. This is one of the secrets to Bishop Dark's ministry. He is focused on what he's doing. 100%. More than 100% if you like. Focus. His concentration is on what he's doing. Building the churches, raising up missionaries, strengthening the churches, laying apostolic foundations, building church buildings, Sending missionaries, preaching our crusades, totally focused, totally focused. He's not trying to be a man of God. He's trying to allow the Lord to use him to build a church. Allow God to use you to build a church. Doesn't spend time in that church. Spend time. Spend time. Stop hopping around. Build the people. Look, from your people, eh? from your people. You see, when David was run away, Kubalos and all kinds of people were the people who followed him. But later, they became known as David's mighty men. You don't produce mighty men by just moving around. You sit and feed them when they are nothing until they become mighty men. Hallelujah. I hear you go home. 
So God says, go back. I'm waiting for them to ask me so that I'll multiply them. Ezekiel 36, 37, go back. Eh? I will increase them with men like a flock. Hey, that is how your church is right now. No, you didn't hear me. I said, that is how your church is right now. I just read a testimony. If you are sitting in a church where there are 80 people and then there are 700 people, eh? It's a flock. It's a flock. 700 people is a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Verse 38. As the holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem in her solemn feasts. Now, in the Old Testament, during the feasts of Israel, all the people were commanded to come to Jerusalem for the feasts. Yeah. They had to come. And that is why God is comparing the crowds that he's going to give to you, the sheep that he's going to give to you. And listen, God is going to give you a lot of sheep. Be ready for a lot of sheep. And I'm just about to take you on a journey that will help prepare you for you to accommodate multitudes. But now I'm just titillating your appetite. Wetting your appetite for church growth. Yeah. Now, when that happened, look at the effect. So shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of men. And they shall know that I am the Lord. The waste cities. Now, the spaces in your church. How many of you have spaces in your church? Eh? I have a lot of space in my church. I don't know about you. Eh? Now, some of you, is it there are two ways of arranging chairs in the church? The first one is encouraging myself church arrangement. Encouraging myself. And then the other one is unblessed church arrangement. Amen. When we're encouraging yourself, so, so, so like this row is your is your church. Do you understand it? And you have 15 people. So if the usher makes the mistake of putting all of them here and here, it's, it's very discouraging. Because beyond that, the space is too much. So you train the usher, he puts three people here. Then he leaves the next pew. Then he puts two people here. Then he positions four people in this corner. Understand? So when you look at the inside, so the whole place is full. 
is called encouraging myself. Anybody who comes to the church, when he looks at the church, oh, the church, I mean, it's, just, uh, it's full. But you yourself know that there are spaces. There are spaces. The Bible calls it so shall the waste cities, waste places. Huh? And God is saying that if you ask Him and He shows you what to do and you do it, all those spaces. You have to remove them. Because now you are going to do I am blessed pattern. You see, when you really have a truly mega church that is full, the people sit like this. They sit like this. Yeah. When you go to Dr. Cho's church, eh, that's what you see. When they throw the camera, they pan it. Space to space. Everywhere. Everywhere. Is filled. That is what God is going to do in your church. Yeah. That's why we are here. The name of this conference is Church Growth Conference. Church Growth Conference. Those of us who know that our churches have not grown, we are the people who come here. Please. If you, it is not church grown conference. Anybody here whose church is grown, we beg you. Don't waste your time here at all. Please see us behind the, this is our next year we'll put you, you know, as one of the speakers. But those of us here, we are stragglers. How many stragglers are here? Can, can I see stragglers? Look, me, me, I want to I want to stand here and lift up my two hands. Hey! Mr. Bennett, you are adding your leg. Stragglers. But our story is changing in the name of Jesus. The waste cities are going to be filled. The waste places are going to be filled. I see increase coming from everywhere. I see increase coming from everywhere. I will multiply them and they shall not be few. So, this is to tell you that your coming year will not be in vain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was nobody who went to Jesus with a request, with a heart, with a desire, who was not blessed. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. They shall be filled. May the Lord fill you. That desire in your heart to see your church grow, may it be filled. May it, may it be given to you. May it, may, 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 may you be satisfied fully in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you here or you go home? 
Wow. Hmm? Please sit down. May the Lord give you your heart desire. I said, may the Lord give you your heart desire. Now, there is an attitude that you must have for you to enter into the church growth realm. Amen? Are you here to go home? But before I go into that, let me tell you what is going to happen to you at this conference. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 33. Another parable spake he unto them. The kingdom of God is like unto living. Everybody say living. Yeah. Which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was living. Amen? Yeah. Till the whole Huh? Another parable speaking unto them. The kingdom of heaven. And the church is the kingdom of heaven. Hello? I said the church is the kingdom of heaven. Where the principles, the laws, the blessings, the reign of God is. And Jesus is explaining something that affects this kingdom. He says, another parable spake he unto them, the kingdom of heaven is like unto living, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was living. Or the whole lamp was affected. It was affected by the living. Amen? Amen. Now, the New Living Translation says, Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in this measures of flour it permeated every part of the dough hallelujah amen Amen. and at this conference is uh, being captured live by healing jesus tv across the nations of africa and elsewhere 
And so to our viewers, we say God bless you. May you catch something in your homes. Pastors and church workers across the nations, may you be blessed through this conference in the name of the Lord Jesus. The NIV says, He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it went all through the dough. But the translation that I like most is the contemporary English version. Jesus also said, The kingdom of heaven. It's like what happens when a woman misses a little yeast into three big batches of flour. Finally, all the dough rises. <laughs> Finally, all the dough rises. Now, there are two types of bread. There's uh, unliving bread and then living bread. Unliving bread, you don't put anything in it. What is the result? It's flat. It's flat. It's flat. But if you want the dough, if you want the dough to rise, to expand, a little dough, that you have made from your your, your your flour. You want it to become big. Jesus says, you have to add something. Living. Hey, listen to this. It is good that you have started a church. It is good. But the anointing to plant a church is different from the anointing that causes the church to grow. So for many of us here, the reason why your church has not grown is because you are operating with the church planting anointing. You know, anointing is specific. Anointing is specific. Yeah. When the anointing falls on you, it causes you to do something specific. Elijah flowed in the prophetic anointing and did 16 miracles. Elisha inherited the anointing on Elijah times two. And he did 32 miracles. Amen? The anointing of the evangelist is different from the anointing of the pastor. And the anointing of the pastor is different from the anointing that is on the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Look, some of you, the reason why the church is also not working is because you don't have an anointing to be a pastor. 
Is it your buga buga decisions? Sacking everybody from the church. Eh? You are not patient. Anybody who fornicates is thrown out of the church. They shouldn't even go and sit at the back. Out of the church. Hey. But I want to tell you that about 65% of your members, they are all fornicators. So if you are going to throw all of them out of the church, you can't build a church. But see, a pastor, a pastor is a gatherer. It's a shepherd. It's a gatherer. So a pastor's anointing helps him to be like a, um, a zookeeper. Yeah. Because in the zoo, the zoo is a very dangerous place. If you go to the wrong place, you'll be killed. And in the zoo, there are different types of animals. There are predators. I mean, lions and zebras. One time I went to Kenya, I went to a place like that. They are all there. And then there are um, antelopes and other things. Do you understand it? And they can be there for years. Do you know why? Because the zookeeper has a way of keeping all of them together, even though they are separate. Yeah. So the lion does not have the ability to go and eat an antelope somewhere. In the zoo. So the zoo can continue to grow up more animals. So the anointing on a pastor's life helps him to be able to have all kinds of people in the church. Crooked people, straight people, lizards, cockroaches, all kinds. Deers, antelopes, goats. Monkeys. All of them. That's the work of the pastor. If you don't have that anointing, you sack, you sack the people. Yeah. When an evangelist stands and he preaches the gospel, people are moved to give their life to Christ. And, and among the evangelists, there are two, depending on the anointing. They are healing evangelists and non-healing evangelists. An example of a great non-healing evangelist is Billy Graham. And then you have people like um, um, Benny Hain, eh? Bonke, Bishop Dark. When Bishop Dad stands at the crusade, you know, um, a couple of years ago, we're having a meeting at the Kodesh. It was an Easter service. Good Friday. And then towards the end of the service, he said, I'm going to pray for the sick. I'm going to pray for the sick. We are, we are taking communion. So I'm going to pray for the sick. If you are here and you are sick, place your hand where the sickness is. Father, thank you for the miracles. In Jesus' name, amen. That was it, oh. That was it. Then I said, testimony time. A crowd. Now, as the testimonies were going on, and I was listening, I was amazed. I was amazed. And then the Holy Spirit whispered to me and said, it is called the healing anointing. And then the Lord said, it is either there or it is not there. You can't conjure it. There's an anointing that helps you to plant churches. You just plant a church. 
Many lighthouse members carry that anointing. If you take a typical lighthouse member who has been in the church two years, three years, you, know, you send him to any part of the world, he can start a church. And then there's church growth. Anointing. It's different from the anointing of evangelists. When that anointing is on you, it causes the church that you are pastoring, the church that you are planted to, like the dough. Do you see? So the church growth anointing is the yeast that you put into the church. Do you understand it? After you have planted a church, you have to fertilize it with the church growth anointing. That is what causes it to explode. Yes. So now at this conference, what you must believe God for is that as the various speakers speak, don't bother about their shoes, their shirts, their crosses, what car they came in, it doesn't matter. What you must desire is love. What is on this man? What is on this man? Let it come upon you. May you catch an anointing to grow your church in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow. The kingdom of God is like living. Yes. Yes. How do the fantasies call it? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. The fantasies, they, 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 they combine English and this. Yes. What's the pan on the yeast woman? As a yeast piano. I'll be sure more, but yeah, I'm struggling like that. At this conference, as this man, and you see, for those of you who have been attending the conference over the years, I keep telling you that. I'm very careful who I bring here. Yeah. No, I'm very, very careful. An antelope, an antelope's food cannot feed even a baby elephant. Yeah. <laughs> we are dealing with a church growth anointing. So the people like Dr. Kujo who has just arrived are coming here. Some people that the Lord has placed this anointing on and caused them to shepherd multitudes. So now, as you sit down here, one of your greatest desires is that this living that God has placed in their lives, some will enter you. And it will enter you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
In the Bible, when the Bible talks about living, most of the time is the negative sort of um, in the negative sense. Jesus said, beware of the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They are, they are bad behaviors and doctrines and all that. Amen? Paul said, a little living living at the whole lamb. Beware. In the Corinthian church, there was a spirit that had entered it that had brought immorality, fornication. Paul said, such fornication that you cannot even think of that a man should take his own father's wife. So he was, he was, he was asking them to beware of that type of spirit, that type of living. Yeah. But, but the living here, we are looking at the positive application of it. Because Jesus says that it affects the kingdom of God. It causes it to rise. Amen? It causes it to rise. There are three aspects of the living that you are going to experience at this conference. Hallelujah. Are you ready? The first one is that the Lord is going to give you wisdom for church growth. Wisdom for church growth. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. When you say something is principal, it means it's the main thing. The best person to explain the word principal is Bishop Mood. He understands English. He give us the words. It means the main thing. The most important thing. Wisdom is the most important thing that you need. And there is a wisdom that is needed to grow your church. Hallelujah. And that wisdom comes from God. And it comes through the word of God. So as we are here, and the word, you see, I am preparing you for our experience here in these four days. As you sit down here, you must ask the Lord, what are they saying? What is the revelation? Don't, don't just... Don't just, you know, like uh, many people do. Oh, the conference, it was very powerful. Very, very powerful. I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, it's, what, what did you learn? Oh, it was powerful. You have wasted your time. You must catch practical things. Hallelujah. Now, as we are here, the Lord is going to open your eyes. 
How many of you have been this morning already? You have understood certain things. Yeah. Now, how many of you want to do great things for the Lord? Now, great things, listen to me, pastors. Great things are done through the wisdom of God. <laughs> yeah. Look at all the people that God used to do great things. Eh? In the Bible. In the Bible. Moses. He was wise in all the traditions and the ways of the Egyptians. And then later, God anointed him with wisdom. Did great things. Yeah. Joseph. Joseph. God gave him wisdom. He was able to interpret a very hard dream. And then Pharaoh said, look, there's nobody as wise as you are. You understand it? Take over everything and rule us. I'm the only person that I cannot bow to you. Solomon! Solomon! He was so wise that he kept telling his son, attend to my ways. Just, Just listen to my ways. Follow my ways. My words are not ordinary words. And he is the one who is telling us that wisdom is the principal thing. God told someone that I bless you with wisdom that among all men, those before you, those at your time, and those after you, there shall be no one like you unto you. He did mighty things. Then let's come into the New Testament, Jesus Christ. Now look at Mark chapter 6. I'm trying to explain to you. That is why on the stage is a display of sources of wisdom. (laughs) Sources of wisdom. Books, materials. Sources of wisdom. <laughs> Amen? Oh, I feel that the Lord is doing something in your ministry already. Receive the anointing to grow your church in the name of the Lord Jesus. May He enter you. May it enter you. May it enter you. May it come upon you now in the name of Jesus. The grace of God. <laughs> now, when you read, when you read Exodus twenty-five or thirty, one of them, when God was giving the prescription for the holy oil to be done, there were certain components. There was the man. Then the sweet calamus and then the cinnamon. The cinnamon. <laughs> Look, these are not empty things. Though. The cinnamon, 
makes the oil fluid. So the component, the, the anointing on your life, the one that makes you to flow, to flow, flow in relationships, flow in ministry, flow in ideas. That's the synonym. The sweet calamus was the aromatic part. A good smell. It makes your ministry to smell nice. Some of, some of us, our ministries are not sm- smelling nicely. People run away. But the male component, you see, the male component was, a, was made from a sticky gum. That is, when you touch it, you get stuck. Do you understand it? So it is the component that when it is on you and people come near you, they get stuck. Now, the church got anointing. It's the male part. When unbelievers enter your church, visitors come, poor people come, rich people come and all that. It, it, it makes them to just get stuck. And they cannot go. They cannot go away. They cannot go out. Receive. Receive the man. 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 May your, may your ministry become sticky. 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 May it become magnetic. It's, it's the magnetic. When, when you go close to the magnet, zoop. Receive it. Amen. Amen. Sit down. But I'm talking about wisdom. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man distance? And watch this. And what wisdom? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought? By his hands. <laughs> you see, they look at the mighty works that Jesus was doing and they compared it with his ordinary circumstances. For a man who they had known to be a carpenter. For 30 years, Jesus ministered for only three, three and a half years. And then he was gone. For 30 years, he was a carpenter. Oh yeah, he was a carpenter. Go down. Go down. Verse 3. It's not this a carpenter. 
He's not a carpenter. He's not a carpenter. Now, how can I listen? God, God wants to show you something. Look, you are a pastor here. Maybe you don't even have much education. Listen to me. That does not mean that God cannot use you. Yeah. There are five pastors. You are sitting down here right now. Your background has... There's nothing... Eh? There's nothing in your background that shows that you should be a great pastor. There are five pastors here. In the next seven years, in the next seven years, you are, you are going to become one of the great men of God in this country. Listen, I feel an, an anointing. Lift up your hands and pray. Lift up your hands and pray. There's an anointing here. Ask the Lord to anoint you right now. Receive it. There's an anointing here. to anoint
Alléluia. Oh yes. Not by might. Your church is going to grow by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to live here with an amount that will transform everything. I just read to you the testimony of a pastor who sat down here last year with 80 people in his church, including children. And now, now, he's sitting 700 people. It's not by might. Within a year, it's not by might. That is your story. I said, that is your story. Father, at any level at which we came, we are asking within one year, nothing less than five times in the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive it. Clap your hands for the Lord and may be seated. Amen. A carpenter. A carpenter is doing great things. I'm trying to explain to you the component of the living. You see, something, as we are sitting at this conference, something supernatural is going to come upon you, in you, infiltrate you, infiltrate your church, infiltrate your ministry. That will cause your church to explode, to grow. Jesus called it the living. The Greek word is zyme. Z-Y-M-E. And the first component is wisdom. Because mighty works, write it down, mighty works are as a result of wisdom. Wisdom. And what wisdom is this? Which is given unto him. That even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. What wisdom is given unto him? In other words, they, they could correlate the mighty works that he was doing with wisdom. Because they realized that as a carpenter there, there was no way you could do such things. So, you too as a pastor, in your church, you need wisdom to build a church. Many times our churches don't grow because of the decisions that we take. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have 25 people in the church. 
and you have, you have yourself plus three assistant full-time ministers with an, an average family of five all feeding on the income of 25 people. So every day when you come to church, when you start preaching small, no, you are seeing a dog at somebody's, somebody's uh, house, you are seeing an antelope in somebody's ear. Anything that you can do to improve and increase the income. Do you understand it? You know what you have to do? Resign. Let all your assistants resign. Go and look for a job. Go and look for a job. A 25-member church, a 50-member church, a 60-member church, even a 100-member church does not need a full-time pastor. Yeah. One of the things that I'll be teaching you is the lay ministry. How the lay ministry brings church growth. Yeah. I was in lay ministry for 14 years. Doc, all the time that I was hiding by your corner there, I was a lay pastor for seven years. I was practicing at Kolebu, then later in my own hospital. For seven years, Pioneered seven churches. Grew them as a lay pastor. I was not paid a penny. I would drive from um, Osu area, uh, that place, uh, Ring, uh, how do you call it? Ring, Ringway Estate, from there to Tema. From there to Tema Newtown. From Bawe to Tema Newtown. Different places. As a lay pastor. Pastoring the church. That have grown in a couple of hundreds. As a lay pastor. Not paid. I'm going to talk to you a lot about the lay ministry. It's one of the wisdom that we're going to carry out of you. Yeah. People say Lighthouse is rich. It's true, we are very rich. This is one of the wisdom. 70% of the pastors in Lighthouse are lay pastors. We don't need to pay them anything. Yeah. Three of the churches that I pastored and pioneered today are pastored by bishops. You can do great things for the Lord. So you need, you see, wisdom is how you think. You're thinking. Your thinking can destroy the ministry. This is your thing that you do that after the offerings have been brought, you see, you carry everything shamelessly into the boot of your car. That's why your church is so good. Because your members are wondering whether you have become their personal banker. 
They have banks, but it looks as if you have become their personal bank. There are so many things that pastors we do. They are very repulsive to people. And you see, let me tell you this. For those of us who think that our church members are daft, they are not. They are very intelligent. They, 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 they may not say anything. Because our church members, they love us. They respect us. Occasionally, you get a few that will say it to your face. But largely, but it doesn't mean that they are fools at all. Eh? You will not attract certain types of people. You won't. They will quietly leave you. I'm talking about wisdom. So now this morning, the Lord is asking you, what is it that you are doing in your church that, you know, you have to change your mind about it? Huh? We know you are married. We know. Your wife is in the church. We know. But this other lady that is very close to you that you go on personal retreat with all the time. You don't travel with your wife. You travel with this lady alone. You are moving. No, we, we know you are married. But the scripture says, depart from all appearances of evil. It may not be evil, but it is an appearance of evil. And the Bible says, depart from it. Wisdom. Wisdom. How did Joseph maintain sustain and grow Egypt. Wisdom. 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 Your church is a house that you are building. And the Bible said that by wisdom a house is building. The church is called the house of God. And a house is built by wisdom. Are you here? You've gone home. I said, Are you here? You've gone home. By wisdom, a house is built. What wisdom? Is it that has been given to him that such mighty works? Hey. hey, one of the wisest people on earth today that I know is Bishop Dag. And I have no apologies. Call your father wise. I'm calling my father wise. Wisdom. You see, that is why you see divine wisdom at play. For example, many of you, you don't have church buildings. You build your own house. You have three cars. You don't have a church building. You don't. You don't. 
One of the wisdom that the bishop has given to us is to build a church building. Whilst you the pastor, you remain poor. But build a church building. Build a church building. You shall remember the interview that I had with you. The research is out. You know, I did a groundbreaking research for the charismatic church in Ghana. And one of the, of the findings is that the charismatic church in Ghana is full of dust. 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 Because we don't have buildings. If something happens, you know, we should go out of classrooms, something, most charismatic churches will just end. Just end. Just end. Yeah? You can Google it. So if you Google my name, it will come up. And read it. Yeah. Look. It's a battle that he has fought with us for us to understand. It has not been easy for him. Because, see, the way our mind is, we don't build. Now, how many of you know that we don't build? Our natural disposition is to eat. We should enjoy. If you don't have a church building, your church has no future. A church building, in that research, I, I give many advantages of a church building. It's a sound of stability. It's a sound of security. The members, the members, you know, the, the message that they hear is that we are here. We are here. We are here. We can marry here. We can, we can bring up our children here. We can serve here. Yeah. And the church building brings growth. It brings growth. Many of our missions, they'll be struggling for a long time. Then we put up a church building. So that we just roof. We have not even just the distance. No message. Because there's a feeling that ah, things are working. Things are okay. We are secured here. Look, pastors, listen to me. Listen. I'm going to make a statement. Don't write it down. Take it into your heart. Build the church and the church will build you. Will build you. Build a church. 
Forget about driving, you know, a car now. And building your own house now. Solomon used seven years to build the house of God. And used 13 years to build his own house. So 13 means it was a long time. But he had enough provision and resources to build over 13 years. And those blessings have come about because he first built the house of God. Do you remember somebody came to uh, Jesus, the, the, the centurion, to ask for healing? And they said, look, the, the disciples came with, with great speed. But Jesus was ministering to people. Please, we beg you. You know, normally you minister to, but this one, this one, attend to him faster. So Jesus says, why? So, he has built for us. The house of God. He has built the house of God. Build the house of God, pastor. Yeah. If you are here, and you are just about to start your church, immediately you start, look for a land. Immediately you start look for a land. Find some one bedroom flat and be there for five years. Walk, take trotro. You don't need much. You just need two shirts. Get a, a jacket from a, a countermanto. Just be changing. And build a church. Build a church. Build the church in terms of both the members and then the church building. The church will build your life. I told you when the bishop sent me here, we're just a few people here. The Lord has used us to build this church into thousands of people. Why can't I travel? Or if I want to travel tonight, it's not, it's not a problem. It's not a problem at all. It's not a problem at all. Just have to tell my secretary, get, get a ticket. We have been building the church. Now the church is able to build our lives. The wisdom of church. That is one thing that God is giving to you at this conference. Stop taking the money into your house to eat. You are eating your future. You are eating your ministry. You can't do much. (laughs) What wisdom? Look at it. What wisdom? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? So believe God for wisdom at this conference. Which is a way of thinking. Wisdom also 
you know, answers the question, what must I do? What must I do? What must I do? What must I do? And it comes from God. When, when Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, alright, and they brought Daniel, and he said, please, can you interpret the dream? Daniel said, give me some time. Give me some time. Then he came back later to say, I now have the interpretation. Why? Because God has given me the wisdom concerning this dream. One of the prayers that a pastor must pray. And by the way, this conference is a pastor's conference. It's not here, money, something. There's no money here. There's no business here. It's how to have more sheep in our church. That's all. That's all. We are not here to multiply, you know. No. So after this session, don't come again. If that is your aim. Eh? How to have more sheep. More sheep. Yeah? The money that you are looking for. The money is in the mouth. Bishop, when they came to Jesus, so the people, have, the task people have come. Jesus said, there's nothing here. So what should we do? Peter said, go and fish. Go and fish. A pastor's work is fishing. Jesus said, Matthew 4, 19, follow me. I'll make you fishes. Amen. And Jesus said, go into the river. Catch a fish. When you catch a fish, open them up. There's money there. Yeah. Even your personal prosperity and the prosperity of your ministry so that you can do a lot for the Lord and for yourself is linked to the sheep. The blessing that you want is in the mouth of the sheep. So the more sheep you have, the better. For the kingdom of God to expand and for you to be able to do more for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Wisdom. So that is one of the things that God is going to do. And it's already doing. How many of you are already doing it? How many of you already, you realize, ah, but me, this thing that I've been doing, I've stopped. How many of you have stopped certain things already? Oh, yeah. The wisdom, the, the wisdom has started working already. Number two, 
the second component of the living that we are going to receive for growth is that God is going to change our stereotype. Stereotype. A stereotype is the way you have been doing things. The way you have been doing things. Huh? Yeah. As the word of God comes. As God speaks through Dr. Kujo. Expect to hear some things. Do you understand it? And receive innovations and ideas and new strategies and new ways of doing things. Sometimes the church doesn't grow, it doesn't work because of the way you are doing the church. Remember, you remember last year you told me, you know, a man told you that, ah, after the conference, ah, now he has understood. He, he, thought, he thought that we are doing church. He was doing church. Uh, what did he say? He said he thought he, he is doing church, but he's now come to realize that he's now learned how to do church. It's like, it's like I've been doing church. For many of us, we are, we are doing church. Do you understand it? But sometimes, a certain way of doing something does not help you to grow. Yeah. For example, if you are a lady and you get married, you don't love making, you don't like making love. Uh, me, me, I don't like sex. All right. Now, that may be the reason why you, you, you may not have children. So now that you are married, it's not a question of me, I don't like. Eh? Change your mind. And like it. Apostle Don, it's good to see you. Yeah. Change your mind and like it. Did you know that one of the commonest reason, reasons why couples don't achieve conception is inadequate love making. Yeah. This is one of the main reasons. Yeah. And by the way, the causes of infertility, 40% is due to the man, 40% is due to the woman, 20% both of them. So those of you husbands who are always, you know, blaming your wife, it may be your fault. You say you don't like sex. You want to have children. Now that was, that was when you were not married. Now that you are married, you have to change your mind. Amen? 
you need space to enter your womb to have children. And when a man ejaculates, the minimum that is needed for him to be able to impregnate the woman is 40 million pence. Forty million. Anything less than that, it won't work. Hello? So change. Change your mind. Change the stereotype. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 13. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 13. Better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king who no more be admonished. Many pastors, many pastors are this uh, old and foolish king that the Bible is talking about. We don't like to change. We are just stuck in a certain way. But look, when you are following God, you must be very malleable in his hand. Flexible in the hands of God. No, you have to be very flexible. Otherwise, even your ministry can come to an end. Now look at Moses. Exodus 17. He had a crisis in his ministry. There was no water. So God said, strike the rock and let the waters come. He did it. The people drank. They were very happy. They were very very happy. At another time, that same crisis came up. And this time, the Lord said, I've changed you. I've changed the way I provide water. These people, the way they are, I don't even want you to strike it. I want you to exhibit something new, something more fantastic, something more amazing, so they can believe in me more and glorify me. Just speak to the rock. Just speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. Huh? Yeah? Huh? Take the rock and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give water. It shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. Now the first one, he said, strike it. Now striking is different from speaking. Hello? Go ahead, go ahead. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as as he commanded him. 
And Moses and Aaron gathered the, the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod, he smote the rock twice. Now watch this, watch this. And the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank, and their beast also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and said, Because ye believe me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. End of your ministry. Why? Why? You didn't change your stereotype. You didn't change the way you are doing things. At this conference, listen and listen well. Through the ways that these anointed men of God are going to speak, God is going to say, change this one. Do this one this way. Change this. Change that. If I get an opportunity to teach you on cells, I'll give you my testimony. Amen? Amen. Change it. Change it. Change your stereotype. Yeah. Change some of the ways. Some of them modify. Some of them stop the way you do those things in the church. So stop or change, modify. Some of the things allowed to change change it a little. Don't be, don't be stiff. It is his church. Remember that it is his church. It is whose church? His church. Amen? Amen. Now, come with me to Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 32. Maybe you should go up a little. Go, go up a little, maybe from verse 30. I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well and considered it well. Everybody say, consider it. Say, consider it. I looked upon it and received instruction. Can you give me the NIV? Then as I looked, and thought about it, I learned this lesson. I learned this lesson. May you learn some lessons from this conference. May you learn, may the Lord give you some lessons. May the Lord give you some lessons about your church. What you should do, what you should not do to grow the church and to make the church work. 
see, the church that Solomon saw, it was not working. Look at from verse 30. From verse 30. From verse 30. He was passing by somebody's church. 30. I walk by the field of a lazy person. Now, that, that, this one is the whole day. This, this, this is one of the reasons why people's churches don't grow. Laziness. Laziness. Yeah. You want to sleep 18 hours. Somebody should prophesy into your life that your church will grow. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Our final years in the Bible school, there's a, there's a, there's a topic that I teach them. What would you use your 24 hours for when you go on the missions? Yeah. One time, the bishop visited a missionary. And you know what the missionary was doing? Watching Nigerian movies. And the church was not working on. So the bishop promised him something. He said, when I get to Accra, I'm going to send you more, more movies. More. I said, I have more. I'll send them to you. You keep on watching. Yeah. Many pastors are lazy. You don't pray. Sleeping. The Bible says in Proverbs 12 24, the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. This world is ruled by hard working people. Hard working. Yeah. Hard working. Our fathers in the land, the Archbishop, Dr. Otabel, all these people, hard working. I attended a conference last year, and Dr. Otabel was preaching and was telling us about what goes into his preparation for a sermon. Someone takes the whole week. You don't read the Bible. Many pastors don't read the Bible. You only find a verse just before you go and preach. That is why your message is not cooked. It's not cooked. It's not cooked. It's not cooked. It's not cooked. <laughs> huh? Adriana no and me. The food. Yeah. Lazy to read the Bible. Lazy to do evangelism. Lazy to pray. Lazy to read. Hey. That's why the ministry is not working. I walk by the field of a lazy person. What was the result of that church? The vineyard of one with no common sense. 
No, in the ministry, you need a lot of common sense. No, we know you are anointed, but stop canceling ladies alone. No, we know you are anointed. We, we are not talking to people who are not anointed. We are talking to people who are anointed. But we are talking to people who can even become more anointed. Stop canceling ladies alone. We have closed the door, the two of you are Now, just common sense. Yeah. One of the things that pastoral ethics that the bishop has taught us is that we must visit in pairs. Yes. Visit in pairs. Stop depending every time I'm anointed, I'm anointed. You are anointed, but Charlie, Paul, eh? who was more anointed than Paul? But Paul said in Romans 7, 18, for I know that in me, that in order to remove every ambiguity, yeah, look at that scripture. He said, for I know that in me and to, in the in me, no, for you to understand it well. He said, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find out. Stop, I'm not, be careful. Yeah. Common sense will help you a lot in the ministry. Common sense will tell you that when you receive the church's offering on Sunday, deposit it in a bank account in the name of the church. Immediately. And then use vouchers and proper decent to sign a check. Okay? Don't even sign a check. In, in, in lighthouse, pastors don't handle money. As a bishop of this church that oversees hundreds of churches, I oversee a lot of money. But I oversee a lot of money. I don't sign a check. Not that I can't, but I've never. That's just common sense. I don't pay myself, I'm paid. Somebody pays me. If, if, if the person has not paid, then my salary has not been paid. On Sundays, where they count the money, I don't go there. Hey, uh, Charlie, uh, I need to buy Milo for my child. Uh, guys, I need 25 Ghana cities. Now, as you are doing that, and you are going to take the money, everybody that you have opened the door for them also. Don't be surprised that 
Your church's income is not going up. They are just watching you and doing exactly as you are doing. Common sense. One day, one of our missionaries was talking to me. He said, Bishop, I went to visit, I went to do visitation on a particular day. And he said, this is a missionary in another country. He said, that day, that day, dear, it was going to be my last day in ministry. Yeah. As he was visiting, he called one church member, a lady. He said, I am doing some visitation, so I'll come and visit you. The lady said, okay. So he was moving around. Then to his surprise, every now and then, the lady will call, oh, you say you are coming to visit me? You know. That's all, don't worry. I'm visiting some other people, so I'll come. He was surprised, and the lady will call, ah, but are you not coming? Now finally, finally it was the turn of this lady. And he said, when he got to the lady's door and knocked, and the lady opened the door, the lady exclaimed, she said, oh, oh, do you know why? He said, when she saw the lady, the way she has dressed. The way she has presented herself. She had prepared herself to sleep with the pastor that day. But this pastor was visiting with two other people. A brother and a lady. So there were three. So when the lady came out and saw them, she said, Oh, may Satan's may Satan's strategy appointed in the name of Jesus. Everybody say, Oh, clap your hands for the Lord and be seated. Man of God, he told me, he said, Bishop, that day, that day, dear. The way the lady has presented herself, he said, I'm anointed, but I'm telling you the truth. I will have finished. Common sense. Common sense. So change your stereotype about visitation and counseling and the way you handle money and the things that you are doing. Change your stereotype. Sometimes you only do evangelism, but you don't have any, you know, uh, established procedures, departments, ways of visiting, following up, encouraging, and maintaining the ship. That's why the church doesn't grow. Because if the front door of your church is open, a lot of people will come in. And if the back door is open, they will go out through that. 
when you take a bucket full of holes to the riverside, you are not likely to bring water to the house. So change the stereotype. One day, one of our young pastors, we sent him to a town. And he had a member, a lady in the church, who had six children and none of them had a, a father. Six. In the church. Should you not be afraid of such a lady? Such an experienced viper. And pastors, especially the brothers, you must know that because of the anointing, the virgins love you. Amen? So one time, this lady called the pastor. He said, Pastor, one of my children is not feeling well. Can you please come and pray for the child? So you know, pastors, we love our sheep. You love them, but The Bible said, take heed unto thyself. Take heed to thyself. Take heed unto thyself and unto the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Amen? He went alone. He went alone. He went alone. When he knocked the door, the lady opened the door. Immediately he entered. Now, these are not, I mean, fairy tale stories. The lady banged the door and prevented him. There was no baby child there who was not. So I asked him, What happened? She started touching me. And I said, So what happened? But you see, how do you get yourself into such a position? Common sense. Are you clapping your hands for the Lord? I walk by the field of a lazy person, a lazy pastor. The field of one with no common sense, a pastor with no common sense. <laughs> yes? I saw that it was overgrown with nettles. It was covered with weeds and its walls were broken down. That's why there's so much confusion in your ministry. If you do not apply common sense, eh, the Bible says that and with wisdom, wage war. You wage war of wisdom. And the ministry is war. Do you know what the ministry is war? Oh yeah. Yeah. One book that every pastor, where is it? A good general must get. All right? Before you leave here, yes, it's Bishop Dark's new book. A good 
general. The signs of leadership. Bishop Dark has three books on leadership. The art of leadership. The art of leadership. All right. The art of leadership. Leadership is an art. In other words, there's a way you go about it. Yeah. Some of us, the reason why nobody is following us is because of our style of leadership. Mm. You are the only person who drives a new car. You are the only person who has a house. You are the only person who, you know, has nice things. All your assistant passes, they are all impoverished. So when they look at you, they look at, they see a wicked vampire. That's why they rebel against you. They say, uh, having two heard about Bishop Dark, but say loyalty and disloyalty. It doesn't apply there. One of the laws of loyalty is that loyalty comes from the top. Loyalty breeds loyalty. If you are loyal to them, they'll be loyal to you. We are all gathered here in the name of Christ because he first loved us. The art of leadership. For those of you who are watching us on TV, you can buy all these books when you go to the Bishop Dar's website, www.dagwardmills.org. When you go there, all this material, materials are there. Then, what it means to be as wise as a serpent. What it means to be as wise as a serpent. The serpent or the snake is one of the wisest creatures that exist. There are some of us here. There is a snake in your bedroom. It has been there for five years, but you don't know. Giving birth and all that. Oh, yeah. There was a lady one day from her ceiling a big snake fell on her bed. The snake had been living there for years. They can adapt to every condition. They are quiet. Many of us, we are very noisy. We are quiet. If you are too noisy in ministry, especially when we are coming up, eh, you can easily be killed. If a snake surfaces here, you will see what will happen here. All these honorable gentlemen, you will see they will change right now. You see Bishop Moses, he will use his frugal or whatever to just hit that thing to kill it. Oh, yeah. So to be wise, Jesus said, I sent you forth amongst wolves. Be wise as serpent. Be wise as serpents. And then a good general. The science of leadership. This is an amazing book. I have no idea how 
Bishop Doug managed to write this book. The research. The research that he had to do. The facts, the figures, the stories. How many of you have read some of it? Very amazing. So, get these three books. They are available. Amen? Get them. Remember, we are speaking about wisdom for great things. These are the sources. These are the sources for wisdom. Amen? Because you can see Huh? Go back to our scripture. I saw that it was overgrown with nettles. It was covered with seeds and its walls were broken down. Hmm? Wow. Then as I looked, Then as I looked and thought about it, I learned this lesson. What lesson was that? A little extra sleep. A little more slumber. A little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. And And when we say that a pastor is suffering from scarcity, scarcity of, we are not talking about money, scarcity of sheep. A pastor's real prosperity is in the number of sheep that you have. When you are measuring your prosperity as a pastor, measure them in terms of what the Lord has used you to do in the kingdom. And the number one currency is sheep. Sheep. Souls. 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 And God wants more souls. Hallelujah. I said God wants more souls to be brought into his kingdom. And the third component of the living is the anointing for church growth that I briefly spoke about. Hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? Are you blessed this morning? Give the Lord a wonderful clap of faith. Please stand to your feet. Please stand to your feet. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Thank the Lord for all that he has spoken to you. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and thank the Lord. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Malima hasete. Randereboko shibali andese. Ekala matariatare moshabale mosendele. Mayederia kabatere mosakayanda. 
Ayata Manderi Bohoko Shiada. Lift up your hands, everybody. Thank the Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We bless your name. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you for church growth, which is possible. 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 We honor you. We honor you. We honor you. We honor you. Oh, thank the Lord. Oh, yes. I see growth, great growth. I see great growth in your church. Receive it in the name of Jesus. And I will multiply them. And they shall not be few. May the Lord increase us. May the Lord multiply us. May he save us from little, little churches. May he give us more sheep. More sheep. More sheep. More sheep. Through us. May the Lord draw many into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. May his kingdom come through our ministries. We give you praise. We thank you. In Jesus name. Amen. been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International Light of the World Cathedral Collegon opposite the Collegon main gate. Please note our service time. English services, early rain service 6.30 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. His presence service 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. and love and faith service 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Other languages, L'Eglise Glorious French, 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Love and Victory, Gain, 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. And Love and Hope, Tree, 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant Youth Church also starts at 12 noon to 2 p.m. Be part of our midweek importation service this and every Tuesday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For prayer, counseling, and further inquiries, Please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again, 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you.